for their hashtags. A dissection of pop culture past with Eric Dallinger and Carly Anna Billing. All right. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Before There Are Hashtags podcast. I am your host, Eric Dallinger, and I am flying solo today. I'm do hosting guest miss by myself, but that doesn't mean I'm truly alone because I'm here with Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Hi. Carlos Raymond. Thank you so much for having me on Before There Were Hashtags. Um, this just seemed like a great and fitting opportunity and um real uh gap about hollywood yes well thanks for being here uh audience members this is a really fun one because me and carlos we went to grade one together like all the way elementary school we've we've known each other for a very long time our friendship has gone in and out over the years just you know life but we're we're back together we're back to being good friends and chatting so it's so great Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great to come full circle like that. And um, I think that those types of friendships really get the best stories and the best, the best emotions and the best, uh, the best moments and memories together. Totally, totally. I love that. Um, how's your Christmas season going? How's the holiday season for you? Okay, well, this season's been going pretty good. I will say that, unfortunately, I've been a little bit behind on uh, my decorating. <laughs> So th- there is that, and I kind of like I kind of always set the bar high every year. So um, there is that. I was a bit behind the decorating, but um, so far it's really wrapping up to be a little mer- a little Merry Christmas. Um, That's awesome. Merry little Christmas. Sorry. <laughs> and, I don't know. I think uh, you had a really good person, a really good helper, decorate your Christmas tree this year. I don't know. I don't know. He seemed pretty awesome. Uh, he had he has great taste. Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. I, Santa's little helper, actually. <laughs> uh, we happened to be hanging out um, just about a week ago, and my tree was bare, barren. And, you know, little Eric being the helpful, you know, helpful young guy he is, he uh, before he before I knew it, he <laughs> entered the room with with the tinsel and a few ornaments. And um, he just got that show on the road. Honestly, the show was on the road. And within an hour or two, that tree was done and looking like magazine spread ready. So I really couldn't have done it without my good friend and ah, host. Shucks, you don't have to talk about me, even though I brought it up myself. <laughs> well, that's okay. But- I mean, ignore the fact that I ended up uh, repositioning a, f- a few things. But <laughs> ah, how rude! I know, quite shady, but. That's we were funny. A um, little Christmas rapid fire for you. Okay. I'm totally ready. What is your go-to Christmas pop song? Mm, okay. This is, I really like that you asked that. Um, now it might be cliche, but I will say that my, uh, my favorite go-to Christmas pop song is um, Oh Santa. The, now oh, that's, yes. That's the trio the version or the single version? The trio. So I like the one with Mariah and Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson. And I really like that because if you do listen closely, like some of the cool choruses, they line up Mariah and Ariana Grande at once, like that whistling or that high note. Oh, oh, and the Santa, and they harmonize on the whistle tones. Yeah. And not just every singer can pull that off. So it's a huge. Oh, no. It's a huge. Um. This is rapid fire, though. It's supposed to be fast. It's supposed to be fast. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. 
So, oh, Santa. What is your Christmas aesthetic? Hmm. I uh, like a little old school. I like a lot of quotes. I like a lot of emotional, sort of um, sentimental. Sentimental, that's the word. Sentimental, nice. Uh, Christmas dinner, what are you cooking? Cajun roast turkey. Oh, nice. Little Drummer Boy, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Santa Claus is Coming to Town, I think. Oh, you you agree with Carly and Cecilia. That's not right. Um, (laughs) Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. Because I think suspense is, is everything when it comes to Christmas. Nice. Online shopping or going to the mall? Mall. Online shopping, I have done zero this year, and I refuse to do any. Mm. I'm an old-fashioned bitch, I will just say that. (laughs) I like window displays at at, at the Hudson's Bay. Christmas scents. Do you prefer sweet, or do you prefer evergreen? Uh, Okay, you gauge that question for me. Okay, I, I, I am a pine, evergreen, and cedar. You're a pine little bitch. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, that's the end of my questioning. Thanks for engaging with me on that. <laughs> why Why do you like pop culture, Carlos? Like, what brings you to this podcast? What do you like about it? Well, I think that pop culture, like, you know, I think it's, it's telling, you know, and I think that it's a really appropriate thing that we're, we're doing this, this segment because me, I, I decided to pursue a career in journalism. And that was only... Uh, in 2019, I decided to, to get my life kind of in order, and I applied for the journalism program at Ryerson University. I wasn't accepted. And, and part of my motivation was entertainment news. I I, mm. I really think that as human beings, we're fascinated by things that glitter. And I think as human beings, we want to know the happenings of the rich and famous. And we have the fashion and then um, music and television and film. And I think what... Um, Retro pop culture coverage brings me back to that time, that high school time where there was those singers you connected with or those TV shows that um, kept you warm on a cold winter's night. Um, And I think there's just so much to explore in that genre that um, Mm. it really makes for a great form of journalism. That's awesome. I love hearing all of that. I know, isn't Selena Gomez like your go-to? Yeah, okay, so me, yeah, me and Sal have been, like, I've, like, followed... Sal! Yeah, like, I still adore The Wizards of Waverly Place, like, um, I still watch it on Disney+, Plus, and, you know, oh, that's the thing, I really like with Selena Gomez that she's turned, like, pop music, but it's, it's not like it's, she's been able to hold, pan out a career with such grace, and talk about real social issues, and turn an enterprise with her, her makeup line into such a success, um... And doing a lot of it without, like, you know, promiscuity or resorting to some of the things we see, some of these stars end up going down downhill and down that spiral. I mean, such, such as your favorite star, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Miley's, Miley's not my go-to. She's not your go-to? Okay. No way. I mean, I like Miley, but I'm not. Miley's not Britney. My, I prefer Demi to Miley. Day. If I'm talking about if I'm talking about the Disney girls, if we're talking about the XX, I like Ariana too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well that brings us to gassing up our time machine. That's when I'm going to put five minutes on the clock, and we're going to discuss today's pop culture to go back to the way back. So let me set up my machine here. Timer five minutes. It's already set. It's set from the last time because I don't use my timer a lot. You don't All use right, it. All right. Well, it just ends up you being going on and on and blah blah blah. <laughs> oh, 
that's rude. No, no, it's just that this is just I don't our use it for. We'd be bounce off little insults and, and jokes between each other. <laughs> I know, I know. No, the last time I used it was when recorded the recording this podcast last time with Brian. Oh, okay. So we're dusting it off for use for use again. Dusting it off. All right, here we go. Five minutes starting now. Well, I think the biggest story that I've sort of heard about recently is that Courtney Kardashian and Chloe had to do a lie detector test for Vanity Fair. And did you see this? No, I'm actually not familiar with that story. So, oh, so Courtney was interviewing Chloe, and Chloe was hooked up to like a lie detector. And then Courtney asked Chloe if she'll ever let her daughter stay over at her house for a sleepover. And Courtney said, sorry, Chloe said no, that she wouldn't let True stay over at Courtney's house. For a sleepover. And it's like, <laughs> for a sleepover. And it's like causing discourse about why wouldn't Coco let her daughter stay at Courtney's house? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it could be taken really shady, like... Um, who's a more, it is shady like who's a more qualified mom or is it just like sister rivalry um but it's like if you watch keeping up like courtney and chloe are like the best of friends or they were right for years so it's weird but some people think it's because courtney is too she has too much pda with her husband and chloe doesn't like that that's what some people think it is some people are even bringing race into it because if you look at all the kardashian grandchildren mm-hmm. like chloe's kids are the only ones that are white fully white yes all the, all the other or interracial um, all the other kids are biracial or interracial mm-hmm. children some people are bringing that into i don't personally i don't think it's that but i don't know i'm she didn't reveal she went why and Chloe said something along the lines of, it would take too much time for me to explain it to you. So it didn't get into it. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess it could be a number of reasons, a number of factors. But um, regardless, it's juicy and shady enough for us to talk about. <laughs> it is juicy and shady enough for us to talk about. Um, in other news, season 15 of Drag Race, is the queens have been announced. TikTok star Sugar and Spice, the twins, are going to be on the new season of Drag Race. And Ariana Grande is going to be the first guest host. Uh, not host. Judge. Guest judge. Yeah. And Yeah. Which is fun because she's actually been on the show before. So it's like, she's coming back, baby. I'm coming back for you. If that was Carly Rae Jepsen. Yes. I, I do like that, that song there. Um, yeah. My opinion, that's really good. I mean... See, this is the thing, though, not to to throw shade, but Ariana Grande, I feel like, okay, she's hopped from The Voice with the spinning chairs. <laughs> um, she was, what other reality TV shows was she on? Um, do you remember? I don't know. I don't think she was ever on reality TV shows. Or, or, sorry, game shows. I don't know. I don't think she's been really on that much. She's been on Drag Race before. She has. But she's not, she's not, she's not staying on drag race as a regular judge she's okay, just, just a, a guest, guest judge right okay well that's cool because she's really one of the the most well-known and most successful icons today in pop culture really she is it's undeniable oh. whether you love her or hate her yeah i mean that this pretty voice which doesn't talk with any consonants <laughs> is pretty iconic i love her, ponytail. i love her airy voice like the amount of oxygen that goes through her vocal box itself <laughs> guys oh my god like, I need to Thank stop at you. Macy's. <laughs> That's funny. What else? What else? Well, it's the end of the year, so there's lots of, like, wrap-ups happening. And I read that 
Money by Lisa is the number one solo K-pop song. Woo woo. I love Lisa. Are you, you're not a Blackpink person, are you? Well, um, I think you introduced me to, um, like you said, Blackpink. Um, well, funnily enough, okay, of course this is, this is telling, but I, the, the only time I had an interaction in terms of my musical history with, with Blackpink was, wasn't that Lisa with the ice cream collaboration with Selena Gomez? It was all of Blackpink. All of Blackpink, yes. So Lisa was a part of it, yes. And that was her f- like first foray into um, music listening. And I really liked it. It was a really interesting, it was very, it felt American, but it also felt like um, a very different style. of. It was a good crossover. Yeah, it was a really good crossover, exactly. It was written by Ariana Grande. Oh, that song, wow. That, that bitch is yeah. everywhere in Hollywood, eh? She's right. <laughs> Money's in publishing. In publishing. In music, money truly is in publishing from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. That's why like Taylor Swift has a lot of music because she is the writer of all her music. So she's the publisher. She's a publisher as well. Yeah. Well, not that, not that she's a publisher, but she's the writer. She is. So she gets to publish her music. And that's it. We're not, we're not allowed to talk about today's pop culture anymore. Oh, okay. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> you, were getting, you were just getting into it. I was, but I got to save um, a little more energy for the rest of the show. Yeah, well, we're talking about your girl. You love her. We're talking about Wendy Williams. How you do it? How you do it? No, it's how you do it. You're you're the pro. I'm just I'm just doing my best. Yeah. No, I'm actually so so excited because um, like Wendy Williams, her show for me was like such a um, it was like such an interesting take on daytime TV, and she really fused a lot of things that. Like audiences in the United States, especially African American audiences, were like looking for. Like it was, it was celebrity news. It, they were shopping segments. There was her famous Ask Wendy segment, and of course, also her world world famous hot topics. So I think she's someone who doesn't get a lot of coverage, um, other than the, the negative um, sort of falls from grace that she's had. Well, she is definitely a controversial figure in the world of broadcasting Mm -hmm. but hey she's made a name for herself like we are able to talk about her because she is iconic well she is and i think you know with wendy williams too like so many things like fashion and and she brought the the wig culture which i do have a number of of black friends and the, the real reality is is that white mainstream entertainment news they don't cover things like talking about how to care for for like nappy eth- ethnic hair and and she really was a proud wig girl and she always had amazing looks uh straight and wavy and curls and blonde and brunette and she she'd sport a new wig every episode and um sometimes me and my mom would just tune in just to see what her look was yeah yeah she she has the wig game on point and yeah you're totally correct from my understanding as i mean I, i'm just a white just boy a, over here. A white boy from Burlington, okay. White bread boy. Um, but yeah, a lot of black women I know, wig culture is huge mm-hmm. for them, wearing wigs and being able to change their hair. So the fact that she was able to do this made a lot of black women feel seen. Mm-hmm. In and the, that's the thing. People might, you know, balk at the idea of what we're suggesting, but she was comfortable with it. In fact, if you do actually uh, watch... Uh, season one a couple episodes like there's many times she'll she'll joke about it or she'll take a post-it note and stuff it in the um in in the the wig cap or or something like that and so she wasn't afraid to 
to like be proud about it. And um, she really took away that taboo sort of that surrounds um, weaves and wigs for some African-American women, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So let, let's just start at the beginning and talk about like where she comes from. Mm-hmm. So Wendy Joanne Williams was born on July 18th, 1964 in New Jersey. Yes. She was Asbury Park, New Jersey. Asbury Park, you are correct. Yeah. And she was actually born to Shirley and Thomas Williams. And they were actually both school teachers. Mm-hmm. Shirley was in uh, special education. So working, you know, with kids that needed special needs. And her f- father, sorry, Wendy's father, Shirley's husband, he was the the actual first black school administrator in Red Bank, New Jersey. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, leaders in their community. Leaders, yeah. One thing I will say is that I I know that Wendy grew up in a very predominantly white town, a predominantly white upper class neighborhood, and she, she often had, yeah. you know, you could tell like she often felt like a fish out of water. And um, I think in the 1980s, you know, that part of the United States still had a lot of, still harbored a lot of, you know, racial bias and um, anti-black sentiments. Sentiments, yeah, exactly. So she really was like a salmon fish swimming upstream to get into entertainment like that. Yeah. And not to mention also, like, she has ADHD. And so, like, that would have made life even more challenging growing up. I had read, too, that she actually had a hard time identifying with other Black students and felt more comfortable around her white counterparts in school. Mm -hmm. But they got so comfortable with her that they would start using the N-word around her. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, I didn't... um hear about that but that yeah i'm, I'm speechless <laughs> yeah i i mean i could only imagine how that would affect you like you have your friends and you're like connecting with them and then they they drop such a heinous word mm-hmm. around you but i not i don't think it was necessarily to describe her from my understanding of the quote or what she has said about it but it was like they would talk about other black people in like negative ways and it was like she was seen as so and I say this with quotations like white that like they didn't even register that they were being racist around a black person right yeah um I think it's either that or it's possible that the dynamic was so close and so like um jovial that they're like oh you know we can drop this word and it's just in endearment do you know what I mean Yes, totally, but that doesn't make it right. No, it, it doesn't. That's not a, that. There's no appropriate reason to use that word as a white person. No, I agree. As as a non-black person, like even if you're not white, as a non-black person, we shouldn't not be using that word. Yeah, no, it's so offensive, honestly. Yeah. So she actually grew up in Wayside, Ocean Township, New Jersey. So like she moved there, giving context to where she is, mm-hmm. and she, I couldn't believe this. So they would rank students in her high school, and she ranked 360th out of a class of 363. Wow. So what was the ranking for? Like, what type of measure most? Like, who had the grade point average? She wasn't, like, the sharpest knife in the drawer from an educational. Uh, Yeah, she struggled in school. But I guess that just goes to show you, like, schoolism for everybody and also... You know, if you ask a fish to fly, they're going to fail. You know, you have to ask people what they're good at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, I do know later after she graduated, she did get a degree in broadcasting. or Yes, some... from Northwestern University. 
um, in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, so she actually started off going for television broadcasting, and then she switched to radio because she felt it would be easier. She felt it would be easier, yes. Yeah, and I remember, you know, seeing in her documentary, I remember her being, you know, opening up on the show that a lot of the reason why um, she got into broadcast over, sorry, to radio over broadcast is because many... um, executive just told her she wasn't like quote unquote tv pretty and Mm -hmm. that's you know obviously that's really harsh it's a harsh reality but um yeah she was told that and i think that she maybe felt more comfortable on radio uh than with tv well obviously they were wrong because she would go on to be very successful they were obviously wrong. A lot of people, a lot of voices in, in, in Wendy's life as she was growing up were wrong. And, and not that they're wrong. She proved them wrong. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So she went to Northwestern University and then she would get out. And her first job actually was working in the U.S. Virgin Islands yes. on a radio station playing Calypso and reggae music. Yes. Uh, WVIS. That was in the Virgin Islands. Yes. WVIS was the station and but she would only last there about eight months because she missed home and she didn't really connect to the people and yeah she just it didn't work out for her Mm -hmm. and then on November 1st 1987 she began working on the weekends in New York for WQHT um, playing urban contemporary and she was hired as oh she would also play overnights was sort of her thing but she would eventually be fired from there just after two years mm-hmm. yeah from what i recall um wendy's like on-air behavior um not just at that radio outlet but a lot of um her roles in radio sparks would tend to fly between her and the management so she did get bounced around from a lot of different radio stations yeah so yeah so when she kind of you're right she would finally kind of find her groove when she would move to wbls and she would actually be moved up to the morning with the wake up club and then that's where she kind of got known for her gossiping and she'd gossip about rappers and celebrities in a segment called dish the dirt and she would often talk about bill cosby and russell simmons she would talk about them and they called her out like they did not like this segment because it was getting like very popular and people were hearing about it yeah um and i remember if anyone remembers um judge mathis um when he had you know the justice or whatever with judge mathis i know she had a pretty big con um dispute with him um and you know it, it kind of flipped on her and stuff and he uh, he was talking about see the thing that people need to remember is during these days wendy was like heavily you know using drugs um uh and everything we say is alleged don't sue us <laughs> yeah exactly she was allegedly using drugs um and I think that, um, you know, the reports of her showing up to her, her air times, you know, possibly under the influence. And so she just was really loose lipped and, you know, entertainment space that limited already for women uh, being a yeah. right being black. women Yes, was unheard of. So she got so much flack um, so quick, the pushback that, um, yeah, it just I guess it, it made for um, um, story for, for fans of hers. Yeah, but. 
the Wake Up Club was actually so popular that they moved her at one point to the driving time slot. So like around 6 p.m. And that was around 1993. She was the highest rated uh, talk show host in the New York City market. And she received a Billboard Radio Award for the R&B Major Market Radio Air Personality. She was on the American Urban Radio Network syndicated Top 30 USA Song Countdown programs in 1993. Okay, so... And was mentioned in USA Music Magazine in 1994. So she was making waves. Like, people people were getting annoyed with her, but she, people were listening, people were enjoying it. Yeah, I think she understood that any publicity was good publicity. She's mm-hmm. the epitome of that old adage. Totally. You're, you're not wrong about that. However, after all of that, she would eventually get fired and then she would have to, when new, sorry, new ownership came to the station and she was let go. Mm -hmm. And then she went to Philadelphia for a while, but would eventually come. Yeah. Do you have something to say about Philadelphia? Okay. Now for fans that have been following Wendy Williams, her biggest, biggest all time radio role was at Hot 97 in in Philadelphia. And she stayed there for the longest time. Um, I believe she helped the station move from um she helped the station actually score by by nielsen sound scan standards in i think it was the third or second best position nationwide like she really amped up viewership um listener listeners for that station um in 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 a really great way so i think by the time she got to hot 97 in philly she like knew her brand she knew how to to execute it and as much as people want to complain about her style, it was working for her. And um, it really set the foundation for, for her success. I really think that people will always talk about Hot 97, and she will too, in her show, because it was so important to the making of her career. And I believe she was on Hot 97 for, that was her longest time without being let go, you know, without being axed. <laughs> um, yeah, you're 100% right. That's everything that I've read about it. Um, but then after she would eventually go back to New York City and host a show from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m., which became syndicated around the country, like it became huge, mm-hmm. became her main thing. And that's what drew television producers in to eventually start her TV show. And then uh, I'm jumping slightly ahead, but she would leave that t- that radio station in 2009 mm-hmm. because the talk show was just getting too big. Yeah, and so... Now, this is here. This is what I remember because people have to realize that, like, I was a very, quite a big loyal fan of the show because I remember that in 2008, when Dagmar Mercury, Mercury offered her the show, they offered as, as a trial. So a lot of daytime talk shows have this, this trial sort of thing. So they had it with the Bethany Frankel show. And it was a trial to see, I guess, how viewers would respond if it was financially um, viable, that sort of thing. And I remember the trial. It didn't air in Canada. It aired exclusively on BET um, and Fox, I believe. But um, yeah, she started as a trial. And I remember it in the 2008 end of that that half season or whatever. Um, it was just the greatest news that, that that she was picked up the full broadcast. Yeah. She at times would trade off with Ellen as the number one female talk show host on TV. Like that's how big her talk show it was, was. Yeah, it was like, very, it was huge. Like people underestimate that, but she was in the top three for, for um, daytime TV slots. Like she was definitely pulling in over two, three million viewers on average. Yeah, that's amazing. 
Yeah, no, I remember that around then too, Dancing with the Stars <laughs> invited her. Um, I remember that season. She she paired she was paired with Tony um Dovalani. Dovalani, Tony. Yes, I remembered I, I watch I watch a lot of Dance Skill Stars, so I know Tony quite well. And the the joke is with Wendy, you know, she was eliminated the second week. <laughs> so she knows that um dance and theater is not her forte. But um that really says something. You know, when Dancing with the Stars invites you to be um, a contestant it's her career i think around then was really getting bigger and, and reaching new heights yeah um there's this hilarious interview that she does with snooki from jersey shore where she goes i heard there's yeah. rumors that you're gonna be on dancing <laughs> with the stars snooki and snooki's like snooki's like i don't know like i think dancing with the stars is something you do when like you're starting to fall off your peak and then she looks at well, when Wendy and Wendy gives her a look and she goes, oh, no, you were on Dancing with the Stars, uh, Yes, and her you? Bo- the camera ah! just zooms in a little bit to Wendy and she just looks directly at the camera and it says it all. <laughs> it's so funny. Those are the moments I think why people love Wendy and why it works is because she's just, she's not afraid to express it. Her face says it all. She says what we're all thinking, but mm-hmm. she's afraid to yeah, say it. Yeah, exactly. And, um... That's the thing. She's just like, you know what? She doesn't think before. Like, I don't know what way to put it, but she's she's able to, yeah, be a host um, and basically say what might piss off or might, um, you know, come across as, as socially repugnant. But um, yeah, she says it anyways. And I think everyone just likes to hear her response to things. Yeah. I mean, not to say that she hasn't had some bad takes. Like, she did... Unfortunately, in 2016, after Kesha's sexual abuse um, by Dr. Luke, she victim-blamed Kesha and I believe said something like, if it happened, why why didn't Uh you say anything about it? And, like, I don't know. It's just, like, that's bad look, Wendy. Don't victim-blame. She did say on it, like, her quote was, unfortunately, a lot of people lie about rape, so I was just being skeptical. And, I mean... Let's not victim blame. Let let's believe victims. Yeah, I think that isn't to say that we that there isn't room for due pro- process and innocent until proven guilty. But that was she she took it too far. I think she took. That yeah, too I far. think that that she did take it too far. And um, there was another incident too. Um, I can't remember what season it was. I think it was probably after the Kesha that Kesha incident where. You know, she basically implied that historically black colleges, she said, you know, there's no reason for them anymore. And that was a huge stunner mm. because a lot of people were, were, were really like put off by that. Um, and then she actually came out in a, like a week later, making a formal apology to fans and kind of like retracting what she said. But um, yeah, like I think that sometimes she really pushes it too far and it, 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 it hurts people's feelings. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. She, it, it's not a good look to push things too far, but the quotes are, they're what make her Wendy. I mean, I loved it when Wendy was talking about Britney Spears and she's talking about the conservatorship and she was like, shame on you, Jamie Spears and shame on you, Death Lynn to them all. Spears. Death, yes, the- death to all of them. It's so and funny. One it's one so that iconic. I think it's like so juicy, like like ste- like like a teapot steaming juicy. Was I now Drea Michelle, who was never really a big star, but she she married some basketball player, and 
it, this was a really controversial interview because not only did Wendy come right out after the conversation and she's like, she's like, well, you know, tell us the truth. Um, you know, did you go and strip <laughs> that sort of thing? And, um, she just made her so uncomfortable and made comments, um, that I thought were amusing that she'd said, like, she's like, okay. And you know what? There were rumors going around that you were just in it for, for the money and that you would attend these big parties and like get passed around, like passed around like a trick or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I think like if anyone has the time to, to to punch it into Google or YouTube, Wendy Williams dragging Drea Michelle, um, that one was was really big because she didn't just imply it. She's like, you know, like you being a, like a trick and just like basically like a hoe. And um, yeah, that one will forever be one, probably one of the, the most controversial interviews she's had that I can recall. Yeah, well, she also had a really interesting interview with Whitney Houston in which she basically yeah no that interview is yes that's the number one most infamous interview of all time because it still gets talked about today and that was on the radio that wasn't on tv and let's just say guys like Whitney ended up like hanging the phone up on her on air that's how bad that interview was Wendy like tried to relate to Whitney by like saying like hey like I've had my struggle with addiction and stuff and then Whitney replied with, well, that's your mm-hmm. problem. That's not my problem. Move on. Yeah. And then Wendy was like, why are you being so defensive? And Whitney, you like, talk about me on your show I, every I day. have to be Wendy. You, ha- you talk about me every, the, the quote says bleeping day, but insert what you want. Right. And well, the thing is, I think what it was too, is I remember that Wendy was like talking about a scene. So she said, and this is insulting, but you know what it is? Whitney's at fault here. Now, I remember she said in that I think that was 2001. So Whitney wasn't owning the fact that she had drug problems. That's true. Mm-hmm. Now, she said, I remember she said, so Whitney, you know, what's it like for Bobby Christina to come home from school or, or whatever and, you know, find her mom, like, passed out on the couch and with, with pills scattered all over the floor? <laughs> um, yeah, that was a really serious, really jarring question. And then Whitney Houston just didn't take it. She she got very defensive. And Well, I mean, um, so I don't know, though. Like, in defense of Whitney, like, I mean, yes, maybe she was doing drugs and that's not right. And we shouldn't condone that. But there's a time and a place to call somebody out on that. And live on a radio interview, that's that's not when you do that. I mean, that's true. But then again, you got like, okay, I think this is like me, of course, I'm gonna stick up for Wendy. But see, I disagree with that. Because when again, this principle of like, Wendy's a good journalist, everyone wanted to know what the hell was Whitney Houston doing? People suspected her drug use for so long. And she might have called it out in a very brazen way. But how else, you know, was was she supposed to, to, to bring it up? So I don't know, I think Wendy should have, um, dialed it down a bit when she know she uh detected that sort of defensiveness but i, guess I don't know i mean that was a really good question on that. <laughs> i think that yeah, we'll agree to this i think that will wendy can be a little bit of you said that she can be a little bit of abrasive and i think that's what makes her work that makes her compelling i don't think that makes her a good journalist i think that makes her a good television personality I think mm-hmm. that makes her compelling. I suppose that's true. I think true. that makes us want to watch her. I don't think I want to get my news from her. I don't think it's an unbiased opinion. I think she's very biased. No, for sure. And I think there's, a, okay, there's a type of journalism that people, there's a term for it. It's called infotainment. Yeah. And again, okay. I think Wendy Williams is like the queen of infotainment news because it's, it's, it's information, but it's always, what I like is she always puts her spin and her interpretation of it um, out there for her viewers. 
So yeah, it's one hundred percent biased. That's undeniable. No, you're you're one hundred percent right. Maybe maybe you're correct. I mean, you are correct. <laughs> I'm always you're oh right. you're right I'm always wrong now I'm sounding like Wendy don't disagree with me honey don't clap off my wig <laughs> <laughs> well the, the don't clap off my wig again I have to go back to the Drea Michelle interview when 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 she reaches over and she's like she's like oh no Wendy you got a, a bug or something in your wig and you know as another black woman reaching over and, and and Wendy just um like pulls away and pulls out the mirror and she's like don't clap off my wig on my show <laughs> and the whole audience is just cheering her on and that was after the whole, you know, being passed around like a trick comment. So that that was, yeah, that was that was funny. Um, let me let me pull up some other interesting facts about Wendy. Do you know that she was offered a college swim scholarship? No, that no, I didn't even know her and synchronized swimming were were a thing. I don't know if it was synchro. I don't. I'm not exactly sure what it was for. That's not. I couldn't find out, but. Just said swim mm-hmm. team. So I think it was more racing. If But she was offered it. Still, that says something, you know. Yeah. Because for me personally, I always think of Wendy as the, the real girly girl. She's such a girly girl. And I love that about her. Um, I would just never think her in sports. And even so, she's come out about, I hate work. I hate going to the gym. Um, I'm not letting the workout schedule take over my life. That sort of thing. And yeah. She's, just... she's had a weight loss. For yes. Sure. She's had a progressive weight loss. And um Almost to some even concerning, but um, yeah, she's she's lost a lot of weight. I know she did yeah, like. I don't want to make a comment on that in terms of whether it's good or bad. It's just just facts. Yeah, yeah. And she's open about it. She talked about lipo. She talked about trying the gym and giving up. She talked about trying yoga, those types of things. So she's on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. She has a star there, and she yeah. has a necklace made to commemorate that. She received her star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and imprinted her hands in the in the the ceremonial cement. Uh, that was a big, big highlight of her career. Yeah. And even overdue. Yeah. I felt she deserved it sooner. Totally. I think that's amazing. She's killing it. She's she's an icon. She's a legend. She's so iconic, Naomi Smalls did her on Snatch Game. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm disconnected from that world. Um, now, if I can just take the mic for one sec. One really big factoid that a lot of people don't know about, know about that. Wendy's Childhood Street in Ashbury Park, New Jersey, uh, during one of the earlier seasons, she got a telephone call from the mayor and they decided to to name the street after her uh, as Wendy Williams Way. Whoa! Yeah. And it was, she, she broke it down into tears. Um, and, and that was quite something. Your childhood street, like she really planted a flag there. That's, that's awesome that that happened for her. It shows that they're proud of her and that they really support her. And that's awesome. Do you know anything about her divorce? I I remember this being such a big deal. He cheated on her, yeah, right? Yeah, um, so with, that was probably, you know, a, a huge aspect of, of her life and one of the biggest struggles she's faced. Like, she cheated, yes. So Kevin Sr. was having an affair, from what I understand, and had... Yeah, Kevin Hunter. Yeah, Kevin Hunter. The reason I say senior is because the, the son is also Kevin Hunter. <laughs> right. Okay. Not he doesn't yes. even have Williams, right? So, yeah, no, and he fathered a child, and he put up the mistress um, at a home. It was like two miles away from their their Livingston, New Jersey mansion, was my understanding. Um, wow. Two miles away, and 
I remember reading that a lot of the royalty, like he was using his compensation. Now remember guys, he, he was the executive producer on the show until he got axed, which was around that whole scandal when she was getting divorced. He was removed from the show, but he was obviously pulling in, I can't remember, I believe it was 900,000 was his annual salary. And they discovered that a lot of it was going for the funding of this mistress's lifestyle. Wow. Yeah, wow is right. That's, that's a lot. Um, and the sad thing is Wendy knew about it and she kind of looked the other way for a while, but the biggest thing that tipped the scale was when the baby came. And I don't blame her because a lot of women look the other way to, you know, maybe these, you know, little flirty advances you might make with, with you know, women kind of, she wanted to stay in the marriage for, for a public image, but also for, for the sake of, of Kevin Jr. And yeah, when she found out about the baby, it was just, oof. It was too much. It's too much. It was too much. Yeah. And a lot of people like viewers, if you guys are listening, like uh, she had her own uh, documentary produced. Yeah. And released. Wendy Williams, What a Mess. What a Mess. TV movie. It was a... Lifetime. Yeah, Lifetime. And then she also had a TV movie called Wendy Williams, the movie that was based off of her life. But I believe she was executive producer of it, which, I don't know, it means it's pretty biased. It's Yeah, but you know, a lot of that was actually filmed right here in Toronto. Did you know that? she? Fl- I, I didn't know that personally, but I do know that Lifetime often films stuff in Toronto and Vancouver. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, probably because it's much cheaper to produce those types of films. But um, yeah, that, that that was a great... Yes, you're right. She had a biopic and then that... Um, and a docuseries. A doc- or documentary. Documentary, yeah. I think that brings us back. I think that covers a lot of it. Yeah, Any we had a last great conversation. points that you it. want to talk about, Wendy? Anything last... Any last thoughts? Well, okay. I, I don't think... Let's see. Why do you love her? Okay, well, I love Wendy is because... It's not just who I love, but I think... Okay, let me just tell people, you guys this. People don't realize that in my busy life, back when, now the show ended in June 2022. So this year, the show had its series finale. And then Sherry Shepard swept in, or they, they, they agreed to have Sherry Shepard replace her, essentially, and rebrand the whole show. Now, let's just say, guys, I haven't watched a single episode with Sherry. I could not stomach that crap. <laughs> yes. I know, I could be mean. I, I have some, some Wendy DNA in, in me. But before, when Wendy was on the show, I don't think I missed... I would watch maybe five out of five episodes. I, I would never watch TV much other than hers because it, it was just so um, interesting and it was so unique. Like, you never will ever see something like her show on daytime TV. I don't care what anyone says, you won't. No one's been able to have such a unique um, personality and such a unique way and take on things that's so engaging and i think that's why i like her she stands out that's one description i would use she stands out in every way an entertainment news host could nice all right well carlos the time has come for you to tell me about your pop picks what are you listening to what are you enjoying right now during the holiday season hmm well i already exhausted my my oh santa pick with ariana jennifer hudson and mariah so um what am i listening to now well, I'll tell you, tell you what, guys, that I'm old. I'm kind of old fashioned. I don't listen to a lot of modern music, um, but we don't like the modern here. There's a reason why we talk about pop culture of the past. Okay, so yeah, you're right. That stuff never gets old. Well, Christmas time. Christmas time is here. Okay, why don't you go first? Oh, <laughs> uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, because that's how bad I am. I, I'm trying to scrape my brain for the last answer. That's funny. Um, I'm actually watching a show that's like a few years old. It's called Merry Happy Whatever. 
and it has Ashley Tisdale in it. And it's kind of a, it's a Christmas sitcom on Netflix. It's cute. It's, it's dumb. There's a reason why it only had one season, but I enjoy it. It's, I watch it almost every year a little bit. Maybe just a few episodes gets me in the mood. It is on Netflix. You can still watch it because it's a Netflix original. Okay. Well, I mean, I kind of fall back on the all-time classics, uh, Christmas with the Cranks. Remember that film? Yeah, that's fun. The one where they canceled, they decided to cancel Christmas. For a cruise, yeah. Tim Allen? Tim Allen and Jamie Lee. No, that's Curtis? not Jamie. Is that Jamie Lee Curtis? Um, I don't I believe it is. Yeah, you're right. It was Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, and Tim Allen. Wow, that was all the way back in 2004. Man, I feel old. Old. We gotta get that Botox. Get our faces pinned back. Have clothes pin, yeah. Pin it back, then put a clothes pin back, back there. That's how I'll save money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Christmas with the Cranks. It's classic. It's great. Christmas. Uh, the they cr- get Botox in that movie. Do you remember when he gets Botox? And he like tries to eat like, I think it's um corn or pineapple or something. It's yellow, and he can't eat it because he has so much Botox in his face. Oh yeah, I think I, they're at the mall or something at a dermatologist's yeah. office, and yeah. because they're going on this cruise and they want to kind of just. You know, get some freshening up and stuff. Um, yeah, that was... <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I mean, beyond that, I remember... Uh, what's a good Christmas movie? Do you remember... Oh, Miracle on 34th Street. I mean, that's really old. That's, There's two versions. Which version? I like the more recent one, even though it's kind of old still, the 90s one. Yeah. I mean, if we want to go super old school, A Wonderful Life is a great Christmas film. Oh, what is it called? A Wonderful, a wonderful life. life. Okay, yeah. Every time that bell rings, an angel gets its wings. No, oh, that sounds like a... We could do a whole yeah, episode on that because they filmed it in the middle of summer and you can actually look at the actors and they're sweating in the scenes. Wow. Well, my friend, I think that wraps it up. Thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you. It was it was excellent. If you ever... I can be your Wendy correspondent any day. Any day. Well, I'm sure I'll have you back. I hope all our listeners have a really wonderful Christmas. This might be the last guest missed episode. We might do one more. I'm not exactly sure because the holidays, they're a crazy time. And to get to coordinate with a guest and then between me, Carly and Luke, it's always challenging. But this was actually really fun to do one solo. So thank you, Carlos, for being willing to be a solo guest with me. Thank you for having me. All right. Uh, Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah, because it's Hanukkah right now as well. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Well, and then eventually it'll be the new year. So we'll see you later. Carlos, is there anything that you want to plug? Your Instagram, your Twitter, anything you want to share with us? Yeah, sure. You know, um, I, you know, as an up and coming journalist, if you'd like to check me out on the Instagram I'm at Emmy Carlos Ray. Um, and yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll be adding some more entertainment news content. Um, I'm also a certified chef. So if you ever need some cool food inspiration, take a look at my Instagram. Yeah, Carlos is a great chef. His food's amazing. I know. I, st- I still owe Erica I know. <laughs> a dinner. Dinner party. Not just no dinner. Like you're getting like fresh flowers and nice linens and stuff. Like we're going all out. We have to. I love that. Well, happy holidays to everybody. Have a great Christmas day. Great Hanukkah. See ya. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Hey, so Carlos sent me a quick little video of when he was on the show. Um, When he pulled him up on like a video screen. So I'm going to play the audio from it. Here it is. Time to play, play. What the flick?
Carlos is in Minnesota. Carlos, how you doing? I'm doing, Andy. Very well, thank you. You're cute. All right. Thank you, girl. I'm going to show you a picture of a movie, and you have to tell me what movie it is. It's pretty easy to guess, but I have hints. Okay, oh girl. Oh my God. Missy Elliott made a, made made a cameo, and it was a 2003 drama. Okay. Jessica Alba was in the movie as well. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, girl. No, I have this on my DVD shelf. It is Honey. Right? Yes. Yes, Carlos. We're sending you a $100 cash gift card, and we will be right back.